Oh, hi, Cliff, you all right? Doing okay, how are you? Yeah, good. So, yeah, welcome okay. to uh, cultoid.com and thanks for uh, agreeing to speak to us. Uh, my pleasure. Well, I guess first of all we should speak about uh, Neon Demon with it being the current uh, event. So, uh, first of all, congratulations. We've we've heard the score. We've not actually got the film yet over in the UK, but um, we've heard the score and we and we absolutely love it. So, I wondered if you could start by just talking us through the process of uh, not maybe not just the process of actually composing and recording, but in terms of beforehand, if you did any prep research or films you were watching, stuff you're listening to, anything like that, really. You know, almost every project, I there's references that the director makes, musical references and film references. Neon um, Deep, it was kind of uh, one of the few films I've worked on where there weren't a lot of, I want the film to look like this, I want it to sound like this. It's kind of like a new version of a, whatever, a Hammer. Or, it, there weren't any references, really, so... I'd like to think it was uh, the product of, um, you know, Nicholas Mines' uh, original thinking at its finest. Um, there wasn't a long, a long gestation period for it. He um, he called me before there was a script, before there was a shot anything, and just said, "I, I have this idea about um, I've done all these films that were are male oriented. I want to do a, a female." centric film and I want it to be a violent horror film and it kind of started from there and then a few months later a script showed up and there was I knew from working on Only God Forgives that the script was really um, you know going to change it didn't mean a whole lot and then I finally saw the picture so I think to me it, um, when you see the film I think the music and the, um, the film are a really good fit and I think um Part of that is just because we had such a long period of um, dialogue, a long period for me to think about it. With it, with it being more of a horror film, um, was there a sort of a temptation to sort of do the kind of score in the music to actual things that are happening in the moment in a scene, or, or was it were you not thinking about that at all, just sort of getting the music down? Well, you haven't seen it, but I, you know. Everybody's saying it's a horror film. I, it really doesn't become that until the home stretch, really. And the rest of the film is something else. That, um, but the horror part of it was the part that I was really, uh, I was really excited about. So I've not really done anything that's kind of firmly in the horror genre. And I love horror music. You know, I love the music for Psycho or Hellraiser. There's a lot of scores that I really love that are kind of firmly in that um, in that genre so in terms of your process um, when when you're starting to record or compose um, do you have like sort of a, a go-to software you use or a set of patches that you always rely on or do you just start from scratch each time I guess everything is kind of like I build on the past uh, there was some go-to and then I always have to find new stuff because I just I just find that new toys inspire me so, um, you know, right now there's a kind of vintage synthesizer emulation is all the rage in software. So um, there's a French software, I think they're French, French software company called Arturia that have done these really lovingly crafted recreations of like uh, the ARP 2600, the Minimode, um, the Roland JP, the, the Profit VS, the, those things. And um, I, that was kind of a 
some of the new software that I embraced um, for this project. I wanted the sounds, you know, Nicholas used the music of Bernard Herrmann to temp it with, and which wasn't particularly useful in terms of like a, a style template. Um, but I, we both kind of liked the idea of some kind of vintage um, aspect to the, to the film and to the music. And I was kind of, so I was trying to go for sort of a early 70s synthesizer sound, or at least a little whiff of that in the score. Uh, with, on, with Only God Forgives, I know that you said around that time when you, when you first saw Only God Forgives that you, you yourself weren't sure, as many audiences weren't sure sort of what to take from it, what, what was meant by it. And, and I wondered if, if that on that film, you kind of felt there was more of a freedom in terms of to create anything because it was sort of devoid of, of a total meaning for you or whether it, that was a hamper to you and, and actually it's better to know the story. Yeah, great question. Um, only God forgives. I mean, I didn't have that issue with Drive. Drive was much more straightforward. Only God forgives. I would call up Nicholas and ask him what this or that meant, and he would say, "Well, what do you think it means?" Not on my press tour with him. I see him doing that to journalists over and over. They'll say, "What does something mean?" and he'll turn it back on them and ask them what they think it means. And uh, so what I thought it means is that, A, he doesn't know what it means either, or B, <laughs> uh, he, want, he deliberately wants to leave it open to interpretation. So for the most part, that at first I felt like I need to know what it means when Ryan Gosling's character sticks his fist inside of his mother. You know, I, I thought it would be useful to know. And uh, but then I, when I realized that Nicholas doesn't want you to know, but to just kind of um, engage your imagination to, to come to your own conclusion, I thought that was kind of liberating to the music. Um, in a way, uh, you know, making the music more open-ended, ambiguous, and a little wild, just like the film itself. Is and when you see the film, I think you'll see that. You'll see that the music is a little bit nutty and you you might think that the music means this or that when you see it in the context of the film you'll probably go okay now i'm really confused <laughs> so as, as a as a director to work with how how different is nicholas to anyone else you've worked with well you know guys like nicholas are have pretty strong music um, artistic personalities so he's not really like anybody else um I mean, he eats and sleeps and goes to the bathroom like the, with the best of them, but um, that's where the similarities end. Um, he's easy to work with in a way because he likes me, he likes what I do, he's always very supportive, he always has good ideas. And the films themselves are what really, you know, causes you to be inspired or not. And I always find his films to be kind of challenging, and uh, one of the things, one of the features of working with him that I really like is he's way into music. And with each successive film, he, he has been pushing the music further and further into the spotlight, and that's, uh, you know, what composer doesn't want that. You say he goes to the bathroom like everyone else. I feel like when he goes to the bathroom, he experiences it differently to everyone else in the world. He must do, because he films bathrooms differently to how I see a bathroom. <laughs> well, I don't follow him into the bathroom, so I can't. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure 
it's probably a little bit different. Because yeah. it's an electronic score, obviously, predominantly again. Um, and I wondered, because the process for a lot of sort of, you know, traditional composition is to do it, is to demo and then record with an orchestra. But I wondered, do you just do everything on your own or do you take it to a studio and develop it later on? Or how does it work? No, a few people have asked me what the recording sessions were like and should I film the recording sessions for posterity? And there is no such thing in the process. Everything is, uh, you know, last few scores I've been trying to do, make the music even more artificial and inorganic. And um, so in Neon Demon, I don't think I even used any analog gear at all. It was all software. Um, it was all created with software. So everything is inside the box, inside the computer, and uh, the music was practically mixed. You know, it's just there's hardly any mixing process, no recording process. Um, I have people that I work with, and uh, we would kick files back and forth amongst each other over the internet, and that's probably the only, well, the only kind of interaction I had with anybody other than Nicholas himself. And how, how do you how do you find that? Do you, do you prefer working sort of more on your own, or do you do you miss the collaboration of a lot of people altogether? Well, I certainly don't miss the dynamics of being in a band. Um, <laughs> uh, I I mean that's the reason I got out of playing in bands is because I kind of enjoyed working behind the scenes, not on a stage in front of a bunch of people. I much preferred you know being acknowledged by my peers uh, than you know getting the recognition of a bunch of, bunch of people in the nightclub or concert hall. That's fair enough. Um, so does that yeah. mean we're not likely to see you on tour then with the music? You know, I've been talking about it lately, about what a live show would look like and sound like. And honestly, I'm, you know, I think uh, I did that with the Chili Peppers. I'm not all that eager to repeat these. Well, let's, let, let's move on. Um, I, I wondered how you go about well, assuming that these days people come to you rather than the other way around, how you go about selecting the projects that you work on? Yeah, not as popular that I've got like a million things to choose from. It seems like generally the the, the people that I'm a good that I'm well cast for call. You know, I don't get a call from people looking, you know, for a John Williams knockoff score. Um, I don't get called for romantic comedies. Uh, so it seems like I've been pretty lucky in that um, everything's a pretty good match. Now, just recently, actually since 2011, when uh, Drive and Contagion came out within a week of each other, the phone, phone's been kind of ringing. I've, I've been employed ever since then. So I occasionally say no to something, and um, often it's for reasons of just um, not enough time or just doesn't seem like a good fit. But um, for the most part, you know, guys like Harmony Corinne, and Nicholas have more or less come to me, and they're like, that's a perfect match. So I've been pretty lucky. I think that's, I mean, my philosophy is to, to kind of develop a musical identity that's unique and one of a kind, and if you want that sound, there's only, you know, there's not that many people who can do it. So if people like what I do and they come to me, it's usually because they've got a project that I'm a, a pretty good fit for. Is, so, is there any is there anyone out there that you feel you would you would like to work with that hasn't asked yet? I can't think of anybody by name, but I would like to work with the new Nicholas Reffin, the new Steven Soderbergh, the new Harvey, whoever the new up and coming guys are. 
that are like that, the kind of the risk takers, the guys that, um, you know, the rugged iconoclast types, those are the people I'd like to work with. Okay, well, uh, well, we'll ask one last question, and then we'll let you uh, we'll let you get off. Uh, I just wondered if you could tell us uh, your top three scores or cues uh, of all time. Of mine or of somebody else's? Of either. You can do both if you like, or if yours is one of your top three and part of your general top three, that's fine too. Oh boy. Um, okay, I'll give you a top two somebody else's scores. Yeah. Um, I don't know the name of it because I think it's in Italian, but the music box theme from a few dollars for a few dollars more by Ennio Morricone. Uh-huh. Uh, the opening main title of uh, the day the year stood still. Those I've been listening to since I was a little kid, and I still listen to it, and I still watch those movies over and over because the music, the score is so good. Um, of mine, boy. Um, um, okay, Bride of Deluxe from uh, Drive. Um, First Sleep from Solaris. Fight from Only God Forgives. That's my that's my five song playlist for the uh, for the time capsule. Well, thank you very much for your time, Cliff. All right, sorry for the rude interruptions, but. Uh, Nice talking to you. All right. Well, hopefully we'll catch up soon. Okay. Take care. All right. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.